Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, helping you decrease your time spent creating content by up to 50% while doubling your online engagement. Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. This is Jeff Cohen with Oracle Marketing Cloud, and my partner in crime, Randy Frisch of Uberflip, is not able to join us this week, but we will, we're still going to have another great show. And just to remind you, we're part of the Convince and Convert podcast network, where you can check out some other great shows at convinceandconvert.com. So today we have a we have a great guest here on Content Pros. It's Robin Atuli, and she's the. Hang on, let me just let me make sure I get this right. She is the senior manager of brand content and communications with Insight.com. So welcome to Content Pros, Robin. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's a great pleasure to be invited onto the show. So for for people who don't know, give us a little a little description of what insight.com is. Or maybe you just call it insight. I'm I'm sorry about that. I still get That's caught okay. in this whole dot com world. <laughs> we would surely love for people to go visit insight.com. Um, but insight is uh, a purveyor of intelligent technology solutions. Uh, Our place in the marketplace basically acknowledges that any company trying to manage all the different technological needs that they have can't possibly manage all the relationships that are necessary to build the right solutions to run their businesses smarter. So we are masters of not only those technology marketplace relationships, but also of bringing to bear these really powerful technology solutions to make sure that businesses can engage their customers in a really rich and meaningful way, that they're able to arm their workforces with the right tools to be productive, that their infrastructure is powered for optimization, and that they've got a philosophy around operational excellence that will help them thrive in a very forward-looking way. So I, I will condense that to say that you actually are a B2B e-commerce site and since we're we're talking about content, something that is really interesting is when you go to your website, your first menu item is actually learn. In other words, you really have you really have taken content and put it up front rather than a, a, a products button or a solutions button or a buy button. You're really starting with uh, your resources, and there certainly are plenty of resources. I, I'd love some insight into into the thinking behind actually starting people down the path of of learning uh, in the context of e-commerce. Sure. 
Yeah. So as we looked at the needs that our clients have, when anyone goes to make a technology purchase, the place that they start is with research and learning. Making those decisions isn't done in a vacuum and and really requires a lot of investigation, not only from the you know, the information technology area experts, but also in the lines of business. So learning for us, we found, was really the nucleus of how we were able to start those conversations that led clients to solutions. So Learn is equal parts library and newsroom. Uh, We really try to be timely and give people information that is relevant to the the reasons they're making decisions, but also is a really complete reference for the kinds of solutions that organizations are, are typically putting into place. So I know you're real, really big on the idea of storytelling and creating, creating narratives around the content that, that you're sharing and you're, you're hoping that your prospects and customers will consume, download, share, et cetera. Where do, how does that fit in to the, to the technology buying press process? What is, what is storytelling feel like for your organization? Ooh, that's such a beautiful question. Yeah, storytelling is really not about us. Uh, you know, I mean, as a brand, right, we're always looking to develop our perspective and our voice in the marketplace. But at the end of the day, storytelling for us is about the success of our clients and how they're able to really run smarter with intelligent technology. Um, We've kind of embraced this perspective that it's not just information technology. That is a important but really limited view of what technology is doing in businesses today and really how IT is positioned in businesses today. They are, as a a department or a slice of the organization, are typically... uh, not just systems people. They're the ones who are organizing the data that gives executives the best view of their business in order to make the right strategic decisions. They're the ones who are, you know, body blocking from threats that are outside, um, trying to hack their way in. Um, And so for us, uh, really viewing the people who are doing that work and the people who are trying to innovate as the heroes of that narrative is something that I think is pretty well reflected in what we share on Insight. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Clear Voice. Need a freelance writer? Clear Voice Marketplace can help you. Looking for trending topics or influencers? No problem. Clear Voice Content Studio is the answer for that one. Looking to store all your brand guidelines, keywords, and personas in one accessible space? That's right, ClearVoice can do that too. Even pay all your writers from one secure account. Go to demo.clearvoice.com for a free demo and tell them your friends at Content Pros Podcast sent you. So to go back to something that you, you said earlier, you actually mentioned news as well. How, how, does, how, does, how does news fit in in this larger context because of course, as we know, there are there certainly are lots of sources for news, both real and fake, across the internet. 
certainly there's plenty of technology news. What, what are you doing to help curate things that are, say, more relevant to your audience? So I have this belief that the lens that you're looking through is just as important as the thing that you're looking at through that lens. And ours is fuchsia colored. If you are on the website, you will see that that is the uh, the basis of our brand palette. And we love it. It looks different. It feels cheerful. But that's uh, for a whole other podcast conversation. Um, we see a very hopeful, but informative need in our marketplace. So when we take a look at where we're getting our ideas, we're trying to track it back to what is the nucleus of that information? Did it come from analyst reports or did it come from a a blog that made a reference to people on Twitter are saying, you know, we want to make sure that what gets to our clients and our readers and our followers are things that we have taken a chance to vet. The second layer to that is really in what we're creating with our own editorial. And I think the challenge that we do our very best to rise to is to say, okay, how is this really useful? There's a lot of layers to this story, but what do we share here that makes it useful and actionable and not like the technology is happening to people, but giving them the information to take the right action for their own organization. Well, and that, and that certainly makes a lot of sense in the context of your role, which is actually responsible for brand content and communication. How, how, does, how does that broader role actually continue to, to inform the content that you create? What, I guess, what is the larger, what changes when that's in this larger context? This is one of my favorite conversations to have. For us, our mission and purpose with Insight is a really, really clear one. And it is actually the the litmus test for what we do when we're creating. So Insight's purpose is to make meaningful connections that help businesses run smarter. When we're creating good content, it's the meaningful connection. We're actually connecting people to meaning. And then the qualifying question is, does this material help a reader do something better? Does it help them run smarter? And as long as we're delivering on that, I think that it becomes extremely simple to live up to our brand promise in everything that we're creating. Of course, underneath that, you have a lot of layers of, you know, values and go-to-markets and, uh, you know, our manifesto is really around intelligent technology. That's something I mentioned earlier that, you know, we really are, are looking at this entire marketplace, really all of business to say, it's not just technology and it's not just information. It's about the smart use of technology and information together that makes this a very powerful experience. So those are that's the lens that we're looking at basically everything through. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, 
and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So let's let's talk about some specifics. What are what are some examples of of some of the the content that you that you've created that resonates with your audience? I, I know you have a podcast, so we can we can talk about that as well. But just kind of an overview of, of the the kinds of content that you're that you're putting out. Sure, uh, we tend to do this in a few different threads, if you will. For our audience, we know that there's a real appetite for analyst information. Uh, if you're making a decision about making a six-figure purchase for your business, like you have to approach that with a lot of seriousness. So uh, we uh, partner with Gartner and Forrester to share some of their analyst papers that really help the decision makers on the other side of the conversation have a very researched view of what they're trying to acquire. But with that, we always tie editorial all the way around it um, because it's not just that paper that is going to help someone have the full context. Just having a perspective on hybrid cloud means something really, really different to an enterprise CIO than it does to um, somebody who's in charge of IT for a school district, as an example. So we really try to approach the material in a way that embraces the fact that different industries have radically different approaches uh, and different needs from the technology that they're evaluating. The other thing we do is we just look at the marketplace of ideas. There's a lot of conversations happening out there that are great fodder for us to tie into. There are already ideas and conversations that we can play off of that happen every single year. Um, I'll go back to education again as another example. Uh, You know, Teachers Week happens every year in May. And that's something that we always have a lot of fun celebrating. Uh, another example I would give you is uh, we uh, that ties in hybrid cloud again is we had an interactive infographic published uh, in October before Halloween talking about the concept of Frankenstacking, which is this concept of different layers of your data center and your infrastructure coming together. And then you've kind of got this this real beast on your hands. Uh, so Frankenstacking uh, went from, you know, back office nomenclature to uh, a very visual example of what you could be doing with infrastructure. That, that sounds great. The, the idea of interactive content really is, really is growing in a, a lot of places. So it's great to hear that you're, you're playing around with things like that. So, so let's, let's come back to the podcast. Any, any either origin story or insights or, or, thoughts about the podcast because every it seems like everybody's creating a podcast and I guess if we're talking on a podcast about podcasting it doesn't get any more meta marketing than that yeah exactly um so technomics yeah technomics is like my baby um I have had more fun with this project and quite honestly have learned more through this project than almost almost anything that I've done in my content 
relevant career. Um, one of the most important assets that we have at Insight are just genuinely talented people. And being able to be in a position to literally give those people a voice and talk about the things that they're passionate about and and let people really hear that is so, such a privilege um, just to see people like light up about big data or hybrid cloud and to make it very real. I think there's nothing more satisfying than coming away from one of those conversations feeling like I, as the host of the podcast, not only learned a bunch, but was entertained and got to uh, help showcase the humanity behind the topic too. And and what have you seen from a, from an uptake or a, a value or a conversion rate from from the podcast specifically. And in other words, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, metrics in, in a moment, but just, just kind of putting, putting the podcast in the context of the larger business. In other words, what, what are the expectations of what it should be driving and, and does it, I guess. So in terms of driving demand generation, it's a, very meaningful contributor to traffic to the website. And what we know about what we're doing with the the buyer journey on the web is really giving people a, a very thoughtful frame of reference for beginning those conversations. And the conversation for services is a long one. So we're really only about six months into our our true demand gen tie out and campaign execution of the podcast. Um, so some of those are still answers that we're we're looking for the story and the data there. Um, but the definitive thing that I do know is that it's a major driver on the web. Uh, we get a lot of page views there. People are just as interested in reading the executive summary of the podcast to see what we're talking about as they are in getting out there and actually doing the download and listening to the show. Yeah, that, that's great to hear that you're, you've integrated it in a way that, that it makes sense and is helping you drive your demand, which is a, is a great segue to my next question. When, when I think of B2B and lots of the guests on content pros have been, have been B2B marketers, it's always about, demand gen and funnel different stages of the funnel and long sales cycle and multiple people in a, in a buying committee, all those very basic things about B2B marketing. And originally I was thinking of asking you, how is that different for an e-commerce site where you're still doing a lot of this top of funnel education and you're still having to to move people along through their buyer journey but but from some things you've already said i gather that you also have long sales cycles in other words this is this is not somebody just just heading over to the site reading something and then clicking the buy button they still may be they still may be a lead that has to be nurtured as opposed to just making a uh, making an instant purchase. 
Oh, absolutely. In fact, I would say that that is probably the the larger part of our business. Um, you know, because we maintain so many relationships, um, you know, the people who help foster those relationships are, are essential, especially with decisions as big as securing infrastructure and, you know, buying devices for an entire school district or um, implementing a, a, a whole, you know, medical electronic medical record solution. Those are, are things that, you know, you just can't do that on the web in one fell swoop. Um, so I think for us, you know, we really view what we're doing with content in two very distinct ways that help fulfill the business need. And that is we're really tied into being able to help drive demand that meets people at the right time, right? Um, the fact that there's a six-month sales cycle, well, that may have been even longer in somebody else's mind, but they didn't engage with anybody until, uh, you know, a certain point. And so from that point on, we have visibility to them. But prior to that, they've probably been Googling to their heart's content to try and gather information and understand who the the right players are to bring to the table and what vendors and what implementation teams. And, you know, there's so, so many considerations that go into putting a project live through IT um, or deploying something. So there's that piece of it. The other piece of it plays much more for the long game and has to do more with brand. What we're building and what we we aspire to build is, you know, our own brand journalism approach. I think that there's going to be a lot of onus on companies like B2B organizations and even B2C organizations to uh, have a kind of filter that recognizes that there is not a single source of truth anymore. So we are really responsible to bring as much honesty and transparency uh, with the considerations that our clients are trying to make. Uh, we are responsible to the decisions that they're trying to get to uh, versus, you know, the challenge in a, a, the media, which is, you know, really a lot of times being responsible to the advertisers. Um, so our end game is to make sure that we're really being responsible to help our clients and our, you know, soon to be clients make the right decisions. So this is, this is kind of a, a two part question. Uh, the first part of it is actually to try to, to try to understand what, content success looks like. And a as you're talking about that, if you want to segue into something that you shared with us uh, previously before the show, is that you see your data as a as another great source of content. So I, I think if you could if you could start with the the what do you look like? What do you look at for success? And then kind of transition into this idea of continuing to mine that for, for new content ideas? Sure. So when we are looking at what success is, we really try and go as far down the funnel and to the bottom line as is possible. I think that this is a major challenge for any content marketer, any communicator, 
you know, a, public relations is an a, outstanding example of, of where these challenges have existed and, and they're still not quite solved. Um, but, but more and more companies are, are figuring out ways to do this kind of measurement. And it's really about what is my contribution to the process? So, you know, if we have a really great media hit, what is the level of engagement that we had externally and how many referral sources did we have into the site? How much traffic did we gain from that social post? How many pages were consumed uh, based on that uh, link that was shared? How much time did people spend on the content? That is a really, really big one for me in a world that is so frenetic and asking us to keep moving to the next thing and throwing more information at us to be able to capture a small slice of somebody's day is a really, really powerful thing. And so, you know, I really acknowledge and I think my team really acknowledges that one type of success for us is when we see that the average time spent with an article is five minutes. The average attention span of a human being is like eight seconds. So, I mean, that's an enormous win. From there, you know, we want to understand that what we've shared helped somebody move their thinking forward, um, move their thinking forward in terms of getting closer to a decision, move their thinking forward in terms of raising their hand to say, I want to have a conversation now, uh, move their thinking forward in terms of, I need more of this in my life. I'm going to subscribe or follow. All of those things are ways that we get a lot of feedback about what we're doing to make it work and for ourselves to run smarter. So then the second part to your question was really around data and how we find stories in it. So that's such an interesting space for me because I am a words person. I am not a numbers person. So it is almost by necessity that I really need to be the the kind of individual who goes to to seek out a narrative in the numbers. Uh, and it will come as no surprise to you that I did way better on word problems than I did on like the actual like written out math algorithms uh, back in high school. But, you know, I think that more and more, a lot of companies are looking for the stories in their data. They're looking for the trends in their data. And when we see a lot of people spending their time on things like Frankenstacking. Well, it's not just because we promoted that article. There was an appetite for it. And they went to two other pages. And those other pages were about hybrid cloud. And it was about an assessment. So we take from that information the idea that we should be writing more about assessments. We should help people understand the questions that they should be asking themselves. Um, and that's a really uh, truncated example of how we might use that. Of course, if you're able to get raw data and extrapolate that across the the go to markets and the company size, you know, there's so many ways to peel back the layers on that one. That you know, the possibilities really are endless, and I think that's what's exciting about it. Um, and I'm lucky because our team has access to an outstanding analytics group who thinks along those lines. They really want to help us figure out what those stories are and what we can do with them. 
That certainly is both parts of those answers are great advice for content marketers, both the trying to think more broadly and differently about metrics, especially that that engagement piece, time, time consuming content. I, I agree. That is a big one. And then absolutely looking for looking for those stories within data. So this is this is the last big question before we get to some some lightning round questions. I know you have some some they're almost philosophical thoughts about content marketing that that you shared with us in in some pre-information. Uh you alluded to it ever so briefly where you talked about the the immediacy of the now and the thing and not just not just from a technology standpoint but everybody focuses on what content is next what content is next and they ignore what what you referred to as the legacy of content but could almost be referred to as the long tail of content which actually is what makes all this stuff work you you want to share some some thoughts on that yeah, I, you know, this, this past year has been really clarifying in that regard. And I feel like there's a real responsibility growing around this discipline that uh, will have to either be recognized or reckoned with. Um, and I think it will come in both fashions. Uh, so my, my thinking is that when we approach what we develop from a really extreme sense of urgency. Like we have to report on this story. We need to have a perspective on this thing. We've got to have a voice on that topic without understanding the ripple effect that that causes over time. I think it creates challenges which are going to receive more and more scrutiny. Certainly, um, in the world of technology, we will contradict ourselves at some point uh, and, and probably do all the time already because the technology changed, the way that we're using it changed. I think what it's really important for content marketers to remember is that the brand is the sum of all experiences and the experiences that we're creating and posting over time start to really say a lot about who we are as individuals who are contributing to that brand and to who the brand is as a whole. Um, history is a, a great teacher. Um, and the further back we look, the more that there is to look back on. I think that there are a lot of people who will get wise to start making judgments about where they spend their business dollars to invest uh, by looking at a track record of integrity um, and thoughtfulness in what's being published, it's very, very easy to hit publish on the article that you know is going to drive traffic and feel very satisfied with the fact that it increased the week-over-week -week views on the site by X percent because we were timely. What it can be harder to appreciate is the fact that we took a stance on a narrative and we have committed to that message pull through over time. And we are now an authoritative and trustworthy resource on this topic. 
it, it definitely is something that we all need to think about the the responsibility of the content marketer as it, as it as you say drives continued understanding and connection with with our brands so we want to we want to wrap up today with a few lightning questions just so our our listeners can get to know you a little better uh, so the first question is Mac or PC? Gosh, um, I work on a PC, but all the other devices that surround me are Apple. So, th- so that would be iPhone, iPhone, I- watch, iPad, Apple Got TV. Got it. So, w- one thing that hasn't come up yet is in your background, y- you let us know that you are a classically trained vocalist. What do you have a favorite opera? Uh, um, the Tales of Hoffman is um, one of my favorites. Several of my favorite arias come from there. You wouldn't you wouldn't be comfortable singing a line or two from that, would you? Oh man, I'm pretty sure that I said the one on one situation was really scary for me, and that yeah. in front of hundreds, I am a much more uh, comfortable individual. So I'm gonna. I'm going to leave it to somebody to find something like that on YouTube. Got it. Okay. Okay. Because we, we have some, have had a guest rap on a previous podcast. So I'm, I'm just looking for more. Listen, I get it. We are in the audio (laughs) medium and that was excellent fodder. I would also like to defend myself on the point that I am not on the microphone I intended to be on. So, you know, I can't risk my reputation as a classical singer by singing on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. So, do you have a favorite fitness saying? I absolutely do. I was a uh, group fitness instructor for eight years. And the thing I love to tell my classes is if you don't squeeze your glutes, no one else will. Nice. So is there something you're currently watching on Netflix? I just finished watching The Crown holy cow, is it good? Um, I'm also sort of uh, fascinated with the British monarchy and it was, it was amazing in addition to being beautiful. Oh, that's good. I'll, I'll add that to my list. And, and for the final question, since we are in the middle of the holiday season, do you have a favorite gift that you've either gotten? No. Do you have a favorite gift that you've either given or received? Let me get those words right. A favorite gift that I have given or received. So I think that, and this will maybe ruin it for some people who have yet to receive this from me, but I have a moderate to severe obsession with audiobooks. Um, And Hug Your Caters is on my list. It's up next as soon as I finish rereading Bossy Pants. Um, But uh, Audible books are uh, one thing that I do love to give people. That's great. So, so thank you so much for your time today, Robin. We really enjoyed the conversation and this is the content pros podcast, part of the convince and convert podcast network with other great shows like social pros, influence pros, the business of story. So go to convince and convince and convert.com to learn more and listen to those shows. If you like content pros, it's available at contentprospodcast.com 
as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and other places where you can download podcasts. Please leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us feedback. Let us know what kinds of, what kinds of things that you'd like to hear about on this show. And on behalf of Randy Frisch from Uberflip, this is Jeff Cohen from Oracle Marketing Cloud, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by...